Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF in this busy, busy Christmas season as we quickly race towards this mighty holy day for Christians, this holiday for the world about us. Oh, friend, we want you to, you who know the reason for the season, to stay focused upon the true meaning of this event that occurred over 2,000 years ago, being not only celebrated uh, around the world, but and, and commemorated by so many special services during this season in our houses of worship, but hopefully in our homes this year, that there will be a, a, a deep sense of gratitude, praise, and worship on Christmas morning because we understand, we have appropriated, and we appreciate what this gift of God's only Son really, really means to us. And I'm going to do something in this, uh, uh, in this, uh, programming up until Christmas that that uh, is is something that the Bible said that can't be fully done because it's beyond human intelligence comprehension or human vocabulary or verbiage there is no way to describe the wonder and the 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 absolute value of this gift that God has given us when he gave us his son, not to lay in a manger, uh, but to go from that manger to the cross in our behalf. We're going to be talking about keeping the cross in Christmas, and I pray that you will uh, have the greatest Christmas, regardless of your living out of your car, just lost your job, just lost a family member. All is not lost because of what Jesus has done for you and for me. And friend of mine, I pray that this hope will be so crystallized in our hearts this Christmas season that even a death in the family, that empty chair at that table of that beloved son, daughter, father, mother, grandpa, grandma, aunt, uncle, that that empty chair, uh, we can see a day when that chair will be filled, when all the chairs around the marriage supper of the Lamb is going to be filled with all of our family members that know Christ and knew Christ, and we're going to live forever with them. If you if you are are sick, if you're diseased, if some terrible thing has happened to you, I want you to know something so wonderful and so powerful has occurred almost two thousand years ago that you and I can have a hope that nothing can conquer in our circumstance this very day. I know this is a tough time for many people, but we want you to understand why this baby came, what he did when he became a man, and what he's doing right now, ministering in the presence of God in our behalf as his children. And we're going to take our text today from Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. And then we're going to the New Testament very quickly. Listen carefully to this message today on keeping the cross in Christmas. You'll hear a lot of messages about keeping Christ 
in Christmas because the world will do everything it can to commercialize it, to to just absolutely uh, sanitize uh, the 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 message of the cross to the point that the cross is pushed in the background and the holly and the snow and and Santa Claus is put in the forefront. By the way, even Santa Claus representing uh, a Christian holiday, <laughs> and it should be a Christian holy day, but it's turned into more of a holiday uh, that the world celebrates as well, a winter solstice, some pagan stuff got in it, but instead of giving it over to the world, we still celebrate Jesus and his coming and what he came to accomplish, what he did accomplish, and what he's doing right now. Praise God. But even Santa Claus has come under attack. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Who would have believed that we would live in a day that that schools would be so politically correct and culturally sensitive to this antichrist culture that we're living in? And believe me, the spirit of antichrist is working overtime, not anti God per se, or anti-religion, but anti-Christ, because there's one mediator according to the scripture. No wonder the devil is so intimidated. There's one God, the scripture declares, and one mediator between God and man, and it's Jesus Christ. The apostles taught in the book of Acts, there's one name given, there's no other name given to men under heaven by which we must be saved than the name of Jesus. That's why anything that has Christ or Jesus uh, associated with it uh, is pushed back by a culture that is growing more and more atheistic and anti-Christ in its in its attitude and in its atmosphere. And we here we are again with the controversial. Some schools you can't wear red and green together for they are Christmas colors. And there are schools pushing back on anything representing Santa Claus. We've, we're still in the controversy that swirls around this day. Oh, friend, make no mistake about it. Hell still fears. Not the baby in the manger, but the man who he grew to be and what he did at the cross and the power vested in his name. Hallelujah. That men and women, just like you and me, who have all sinned and come short of the glory of God, can be saved, delivered, and set free. Ah, uh, I believe that the Holy Spirit is moving around the world to plunder hell and populate heaven. All of those candidates for eternal banishment and punishment that God is sweeping into his kingdom before Jesus comes again. This is the day of the great Harvest the great reaping of the great harvest. Praise God. And it's occurring in places that, that is the least likely to have a, a holy revival of the Christian faith. And one of those places is China, where I am told that over 20,000 in an atheistic Marxist country where religion is suppressed except state approved and by the way you cannot preach or teach on the coming of Jesus Christ the rapture of the church or the coming of Christ in that state approved 
church because they feel it's a threat to those trying to control the populace through uh, the kind of, of strict government that they have where there are no real relig- freedom of speech really doesn't exist and it's driven the, the true church underground but in that underground church there is a mighty revival occurring praise God and it has been said that there are, are 20,000 people coming to Jesus a day because of the proclamation of the gospel from a persecuted church, hallelujah, in China. And if God can send a revival to China under those conditions, just think what he can do in America where we still have the freedom to proclaim the good news of the gospel and where you can still hear O little town of Bethlehem playing in many businesses and you can still hear Merry Christmas said because people don't want to lose not just our tradition but the great truth that these traditions represent and I just pray today that in your life and in your heart that this mighty revival will occur and this Christmas season not only will you have the most spiritually fulfilling Christmas you've ever had but that you and I have the desire to fulfill uh, uh, something that maybe we have neglected down through the years, and that is to give God the greatest gift that we could ever give Him. Not just celebrate His gift to us, but our gift of ourself to Him. If you want to know what to get God for Christmas, you don't have to think very far. The Bible is very clear. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. This is your this is our requisite reaction and response to such a gift that He is given us in Jesus Christ. And such a gift that Jesus Christ has given us in the gift of Himself upon the cross. So today as we consider the Christmas season and what we're going to get the special people in our life and what we have received from God, we want to put all of that into perspective and so that we can not only have a spiritually fulfilling Christmas, but we can give God His due and we can give Christ a gift that will so bless him. Hallelujah. This Christmas season. Praise God. And we're going to read a couple of scriptures. One from Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Uh, prophetic of this Christ child that would come. It said, For unto us a child is born, a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders, his name shall be called, and wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It goes on. But it begins with, For unto us a child is born. And the moment that child was born, dear friend, a son was given. God knew that it would take a ransom. There would have to be a price paid. There would have to be a justice served if we were to be forgiven and redeemed. And that is exactly why 
He sent His Son. That's exactly why Christ, the second person of the Godhead, took on flesh and came into our world. Luke 2.11 says, For unto you, born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. In order for Christ to be our Savior, our Sovereign had to become our sacrifice, atoning for our sins. Christmas, therefore, is most certainly about the cross, even more than the cradle. You will rarely ever see a cross on a Christmas card, yet it would be more than appropriate to capture the true cost of the greatest gift ever given. For without the cross, his birth would be meaningless. He would just be another great prophet, another great teacher. He could not be a redeemer. He could not be one who pays the ransom, one who pays the price for our sins so that we could be forgiven and go free. Second Corinthians 9 and verse 15 says, Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Some translate His inexpressible, His indescribable, a gift that words cannot describe literally unspeakably precious. And the reason for that is because there is no way to fully describe the preciousness of the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed in our behalf. For the scriptures clear in the New Testament that we were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold after the tradition of our fathers, but we were redeemed by the precious blood of a lamb without spot, without blemish. The innocent suffering for the guilty. The creator suffering for his creation. And the, the sinless one suffering in behalf of the sinful ones so that the sinful ones might be forgiven because he has taken our judgment and our punishment. Oh, friend of mine, what a blessing. Amen. This Christmas season is, if you understand, that in order to keep Christ in Christmas, we've got to keep the cross in Christmas. Simply stated, the truth of Christ's birth of the Christmas season is that God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, became the babe of the cradle, that He might become the man of the cross that He might die as our sinless substitute to release us from the penalty of sin, to reconcile us to God, that we might receive eternal life and live abundantly through His life. And all of this as a gift by faith in Christ. That's why we must keep the cross in Christmas. Someone said, if our life isn't cross centered. It is off-centered. And that's why we could never fully celebrate the true meaning of Christmas, the true reason for the season. Maybe it's too simplistic to say just Jesus is. It's really what Jesus came to do and what he accomplished on the cross. See, Jesus is our Redeemer, and he brought redemption Revelation 3 and verse 20, or Romans rather, 3, 24 says, Being 
justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And this word redemption and redeemer means to ransom in full. It also means ridden, something that was there that is not there any longer. Uh, It means deliverance. So in Christ, salvation means to ransom us from the fall, to pay the sin debt in full, to deliver us from from Satan's deadly, deadly wound and sin's deadly wound, to rid us of the guilt and the shame and to leave us saved, to leave us secure in Jesus Christ. Without redemption, the other great words that describe our condition and position after being saved would be of none effect. If sin's debt is not paid in full, we are definitely not saved. We are not justified and we cannot be sanctified. If we still owe a sin debt, we are enslaved by Satan. We are the enemies of God. We are not able to enter into a fellowship, relationship with God. We have absolutely no spiritual authority. We cannot be righteous In the eyes of a holy God. We cannot therefore have faith. We could never approach God's throne. With confidence that we would be received. We would be filled with doubt. We would be filled with fear. But thank be unto God. Jesus Christ on the cross brought us redemption. Hallelujah. Not Jesus in the cradle. But Jesus on the cross. You see, redemption plays a central role in biblical theology. The basic shape of the doctrine is formed in the Old Testament, but the full meaning of all that God has eternally in mind is unveiled in the New Covenant, the New Testament. But we want to get those fundamentals under underpinning the New Testament revelation of redemption through the cross. And there are three Hebrew words that are translated redeem or ransom. Each emphasizes a particular aspect of God's great grace and His provision for humanity, brought to full fruition, full view, full revelation and realization in the new covenant. And these words, one of them, I'm gonna, they're not in any particular order, but I'm going to begin with a word in the Hebrew, P-A, D-A-H, pronounced podal, and it's from a primary root that means to sever, in effect, to ransom. It was used commercially to indicate a transfer of ownership. The transfer came through a payment of some, or some equivalent transaction. The price has been paid, friend, in full for our ransom from sin's consequence from Satan's prison house, from the chains that held us. The price has been paid in full by Jesus Christ. We were Satan's property. We were of our father, the devil. We literally belonged to him. Uh, We were his servants, if you please. But now, because of the redemptive love that God has expressed to us in the gift of his son, the unspeakable gift, of His Son, and the gift of righteousness which Christ has granted us through His intercession 
being our substitute on the cross. Hallelujah. And our high priest that now ever lives to make intercession because of the wounds in his body, the blood that he shed, the scars that he bears, the price was paid in full. And now the Bible said he's able to save them to the uttermost who trust in him, seeing that he ever lives to make intercession for us. And no doubt about it, there has been a transfer of ownership. We see this uh, beginning to come to light in Deuteronomy 7 and verse 8. It said, Because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he has sworn unto your fathers, the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen. See, you're being severed from that slavery to sin, slavery to Satan, and slavery to self. He brought you out of the house of bondmen and from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. He redeemed you, Padau. He redeemed you. He severed you. Hallelujah. He paid the price for your freedom. We are severed from Satan and sin's bondage, set free to serve God. God's people knew they were a people who had been delivered by God's intervention and were His unique possession. Before coming to Christ as our Savior, we literally belonged to Satan. John 8:44 said, You are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. One translation said, You belong to your father the devil, uh, and his works you will do. This ownership gave Satan great influence and advantage to hold in bondage and servitude. Listen to Ephesians 2 and chapter 2 and, and, and listen to it carefully. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2. Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. In times past, we served him. We belonged to him in essence. But now that we've come to Christ, repented of our sins, we've been forgiven, and we have been severed from that enslavement to Satan and to sin and to self. We have been set free. There has been a transfer of ownership that severs us from the devil's power and from his authority. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13 said, who has, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. And verse 14 says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. And I like this from the Amplified. It said, The Father has delivered and drawn us unto Himself out of the control and dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Oh, friend, Jesus is our Redeemer. And because we've been redeemed, ransomed, severed, set free, because He paid the ransom price. 
Hallelujah. And Satan could no longer hold us in bondage. Praise God. That's why the scripture says, Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Without the cross, the baby in the cradle could not achieve that. Without the cross and the blood that was shed, because that was the ransom price, that's what gives you and I such value. That's why we know how much God loved us. For unto us, not only was a child born to evoke sentimental feelings, but a son was given. A sacrifice was offered up. Jesus came to go to the cross to redeem us. And there was no other way. He prayed it in Gethsemane. The price was that precious that nothing short of his suffering, bleeding, and dying could pay our sin debt. And now in the garden, Jesus made this eternally significant decision in our behalf. If there's any other way for Abba Father, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will be done. And in that decision, the Bible said he set his face like a flint. In other words, from that moment forward, knowing what lay ahead, there was no no moment where Jesus had second thoughts. Not even in his agony on the cross was he tempted to call the armies of heaven to set him free and let the world be lost. He committed himself to pay to the last drop of his blood, the last gasp of his breath, the last pangs of his body and pain to pay the sin debt. And, to, and he cried with the last of his breath before he gave up the ghost a single word in the Aramaic translated tetaleste. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it right, but I know it's a single word. And it means literally, it is accomplished. Or if we were speaking in terms of the financial, paid in full. The sin debt, not the half, but the whole, was paid in full. As that baby that lay in the manger grew to be a man to hang on the cross, and on that cross, pay the ransom price for you, the ransom price for me. We can't let Christmas eclipse the cross. The cross is the centerpiece of Christmas. And I submit to you the first Christmas tree was the old rugged cross and the first ornament most precious and beautiful was Jesus expressing God's love and his love for you and me, that he, who was king of the universe, would become a sacrifice lamb. He, who was God incarnate, the creator, dying for his creation. And while they were hurling insults at him and taking sick pleasure in his pain, and yet he stayed on the cross as our redeemer until the sin debt was paid in full until the ransom was paid in full.
praise God. But friend of mine, now because of what he did, we do not belong to the devil anymore. In fact, we don't belong to ourselves. We are called his purchased possession. He paid the ransom. We belong to him. Hallelujah. We are free to serve him. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Praise God. This is this great salvation that we have because Jesus came. Because a child was born, a son was given, so a sacrifice could be offered. A sacrifice so satisfying unto God that he could legitimately forgive our sin debt and set us free. Today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want you to know this. The sin debt was paid in full at the cross. If you repent of your sin and receive Jesus as your Savior right now, in this holy moment, everything He did at the cross will be applied to your account. He's paid for your freedom. It's time to go free. It's time to get free. It's time to live free. And it's time to die knowing where we're going. <laughs> when we take our last breath here, we will take our next breath in the presence of God, absent from the body, present with the Lord forever and ever, age without end. And if you are a Christian, keep the cross in Christmas. Celebrate if you don't have any gift under the tree or any tree to put them under because you have a gift that is beyond telling, indescribable. Hallelujah. You have Jesus. You have eternal life. You are loved beyond words. God bless you. We'll be back next week. Come back with us and let's talk about Jesus. Jesus.